Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. It makes the Starseed Kitchen podcast possible. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and more, just like I do with the Starseed Kitchen podcast. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And be sure to like this episode of the Starseed Kitchen podcast and subscribe. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Starseed Kitchen podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. This is your source for information to empower you to be a positive seed for change in your community. Join me for conversations where we learn about food, wellness, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. I'll be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can thrive in 5D. Let's get started. So I'm excited to introduce you to Kelsey Leland. Kelsey is a holistic nutritionist, chef, and founder of Pretty Healthy Foods, a personal chef and health coaching service based in Los Angeles, California. Using a combined approach of nutrition, lifestyle, and culinary skills, Kelsey and her team have helped hundreds of clients improve their energy, digestion, body composition, mood, confidence, and mental clarity. She's passionate about the mind-body connection and uses realistic interventions that fit into busy clients' lifestyles without causing undue stress or overwhelm. Kelsey is a firm believer that health is not about perfection. It's about making tiny choices every day that lead to lasting wellness. Welcome, Kelsey. 
Thanks so much. I'm so excited to get to have this conversation with you today um, and share it with more people because I'm so impressed with your background and how you combined nutrition and your culinary experience to really help make changes in people's lives. So first of all, just thank you for doing what you're doing. Um, And I'd love to hear a little bit more about what led you to go to culinary school and what led you to create this combined nutrition practice? Sure. Well, first of all, I wanted to say thank you so much for having me. It's always such a pleasure to connect with fellow graduates of the Natural Gourmet Institute and people doing the, you know, like-minded people doing the work that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, So thank you as well. Um, as far as how I got started in this career path, um, I grew up in a really small town. It was a very agricultural area and my family grew rice, walnuts, and plums. So I kind of always had this idea of where food comes from, you know, it comes from Mm -hmm. the ground. It doesn't come from the grocery store in a box. Um, but then I really got more interested in health and wellness in college, just, you know, as a hobby, as a, as something I was interested in, but never thought it would be my career path. Um, and what's funny is actually, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily a person that says everything happens for a reason, but I do believe that you make the most of things that happen to you in life. I went to culinary school because I got into a car accident when I was about 22 Mm -hmm. and broke both my arms, got a little bit of a settlement from it and decided what's the craziest thing I could do with this money. And at that point I was just like, okay, I'm 23. Let's go move to New York, go to culinary school totally pursue this passion for food and wellness and just see what happens. And um, I've never looked back. I'm so envious that you got that education at such a young age, because I felt like when I was at the Natural Gourmet Institute and I was there in my mid thirties, making a total career change, I felt like it was the finishing school that everyone deserved to have um, kind of after Mm -hmm. they got out of high school or sometime in their early twenties. I felt like I was being shared the information that I, that all humans deserve to have to know how to nourish and feed themselves. I don't know. How did you feel about the education there? Oh, totally. I mean, I think, I think like a lot of women, my first interest in health and wellness came from a desire to look good, a desire to be skinny. You know, I totally fell into that, Mm -hmm. um, trap really. And then it wasn't until I started going to Natural Gourmet Institute and then I got my master's in nutrition later and started getting more interested in this holistic mind-body connection that I realized like, this is about health. This is not about looking a certain way. It's not about just diet and exercise to be skinny. It's really about how do we make ourselves feel good and, and foster wellness for all of life. And that's something that I think is really missing from a lot of the the dialogue when it comes to health and fitness these days. So what led you to create pretty healthy foods and this and, and this business that allows you to support people from a nutrition aspect and a culinary aspect? Because that's pretty unique. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I call myself a culinary nutritionist because I am kind of like a 50-50. Um, I think there's a lot of nutritionists out there that they know how to put together really balanced, healthy meals, but they might not really taste so good. And if it doesn't taste good and look appealing on the plate, then it's no one's going to eat it. It's not going to do anyone any favors. Um, so from that perspective, I weave a lot of healthy recipes and cooking techniques and um, you know, just training people to cook well for themselves into yeah. my nutrition coaching. 
Um, and then on the other side of things, I, there's a side of the business where we're just cooking for people and I use my nutrition background to make sure that their needs are being met and that they're really getting the nutrients that they and their families need. So tell me a little bit more about how you work with clients. So does somebody reach out to you because they're looking for a health coach or someone to kind of guide them on kind of how mm -hmm. to eat? Cause they're a little overwhelmed with what's working with their body. Cause they're finding that they have a lot of inflammation or whatever their gut issues are. Or are people reaching out to you because they're tired of cooking for themselves and they just need someone to do it for them? Yeah. Um, so it's both. We we offer both. Um, as a local service, I work with eight other chefs, really, really talented, amazing chefs yeah. um, in Los Angeles. And we go into people's homes and we stock their fridges with healthy, balanced meals that they can reheat. Um, so that's the personal shopping side. And then on the coaching side, that's for the person who wants to dive a little bit deeper. I work with them one-on-one -on -one to really develop healthy habits and I will give them recipes and sometimes they'll do the personal chefing service as well. So it's really custom. It's kind of yeah. like, it starts with a conversation. I talk to the person, I say, okay, you'd be really great fit for health coaching. Maybe we start off with some personal chefing as well, just to get the ball rolling. Um, and then there's also people who are like, they live way across on the other side of the country. They're like, I just need to meet with you and have you check my food journal and make sure I'm doing yeah. things correctly. And, and that's that. Are you finding any trends in what's calling people to get guidance? Like, yes. uh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm always so curious, um, because we're all so much more connected, obviously, than we, than we allow ourselves to believe sometimes. So I'm really curious what's happening yeah. with your clientele right now and kind of the guidance that they're seeking. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say the first thing that comes to mind is gut issues. Digestive issues are so, so common these days. Um, about five years ago, I didn't even really want to deal with the low FODMAP diet. I was mm -hmm. like, this is not going to be a thing. It's so complicated. Who cares? Now it's like a third of our clients are coming to us on both sides, health coaching and personal chefing with gut issues that suggest SIBO, small intestinal yeah. bacterial overgrowth, where they need to eliminate FODMAPs or at least onion and garlic. Um, some version of the low FODMAP diet in order to feel normal again. Um, so it's gut issues. And I think that is so connected with stress, the modern world in general, not, not to mention the pandemic and everything that that is impacting. Um, we are just, there's a complete mismatch between the way we evolved to live and the way the modern world requires us to live and be, you know, so productive, and go, go, go all the time. We're just not able to take care of our um, our minds or bodies in the way that, that we really should be. Um, so I don't want to be all doomsday about it, but it's just a pattern I'm seeing. It's really like an epidemic of, of gut and digestive issues that I'm seeing. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. So I went to natural gourmet Institute in 2015 and they were mm -hmm. talking to us about FODMAP and SIBO and letting us know that this is going to become a huge trend that a lot okay. of people are going to have this issue. They're going to need this type of support. And so they wanted to educate, educate us about it. And yeah. for a good two years after I learned about that, I hadn't heard anything of it. And I feel like it's kind of just blown up overnight. And I'm meeting more and more clients as a personal chef that are asking for that type of support, or they're having friends come over for a meal. So they're asking if I can prepare one meal with no garlic, mm -hmm. no onions, and a few mm -hmm. other things to support their friend's digestive system. 
Totally. It, it doesn't surprise me at all. And that's funny you said that because when I went, um, I went to NGI in 2011 yeah. and there was no, no talk of it. So that's why I was like, what is this diet? I don't need to know this. But then no, it's a big one. <laughs> it's a yeah. really important one now. I find it really interesting. Um, so, so from your point of view, can you tell me a little bit more about the mind body connection and how that affects the digestive system? Totally. <clears throat> so I spend a lot of time nerding out on this as I'm sure you do as well. Um, I think that just from a macro level, the mind body connection, we know from birth that when you don't feel good physically, it affects the way you feel mentally or in your mind. No one likes feeling sick or injured. That's very obvious. What's not so obvious is when you don't feel good mentally, emotionally, that affects our physical health because there's there's just this cascade of events that happen with our hormones, with inflammation. Um, it really takes away from the health of our cells and that can impact chronic disease and risk of all kinds of things that don't make us feel good. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest physical uh, aspects of this would just be the connection between the gut and the brain. Um, and I think, again, this is why we're seeing so many gut issues today because we're so stressed out. Um, but our microbiome does so much for our brain. When we talk about making our healthy hormones, serotonin, GABA, dopamine, those are made in our gut. So if our gut isn't getting the things it needs, and if it's not um, being supported with a healthy lifestyle, then our mental health is going to suffer. Um, there was a study recently that actually being around other people, we get the hormone oxytocin from bonding, from physically being near people. Yes. With the pandemic, we're not being around each other. They're showing that when you have less oxytocin from being around people, we get constipated. So, yeah. I mean, it's, all of these things are coming out. Um, another issue I like to think about a lot because it's so common is uh, thyroid health. Yes. So many women right now, fatigue, they're gaining weight, they're not feeling good. Um, their thyroids are underactive. Well, the body turns off thyroid hormone production when we're working too hard and doing too much. It's a, it's the body's way of telling us to slow down. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it's a protective mechanism, but of course it doesn't make us feel good. And in the modern world, instead of actually slowing down, we just use caffeine and it's just, it's a whole, it's all so connected. Um, I could really go on and on, but yeah, gut health and hormones, man. It's that's kind of the link. Well, I don't know about you, but I love experimenting on myself. Um, even though when I, I truly know what I need to do, I still test the boundaries, meaning mm -hmm. I know that I feel better after a meal. If I eat my meal outside, because there's no distraction, um, I can really calm down and relax. And so yeah. that way my body can really digest the food. Um, it's not in fight or flight. Um, and because every, every lunch that I eat, I'm at a client's home. And then I'm also often at a client's home for my, my dinner as well. Mm -hmm. So if I'm able to go outside, it's more peaceful. I don't have to hear dogs barking or people shuffling around or someone mm -hmm. around my back. Um, and I feel so much better after I eat, but I constantly am testing it. Sometimes I'll just be lazy and I'll, I'll eat mm -hmm. in front of my laptop or I'll eat in a kitchen with a bunch of people around me. And mm -hmm. I know that I don't digest my food as well. I have an upset stomach afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I just don't, I feel lethargic. There's a list of things that I notice, mm -hmm. but I'm constantly testing myself. Do you do that with, with anything? Do you oh, absolutely your theories at any time? Yeah. 
that what I wanted to mention first, what you said about being outside when you eat is so fascinating because um, they've done studies where they take a, a group of people and they have them just look at a picture of nature mm-hmm. and then a second group of people and have them look at a picture of buildings in like an urban space. And the people looking at the picture of green space are less stressed than the people looking at urban space. And this is just after like 10 minutes of looking at a picture. So, and I've done further studies now where it's more of like immersive with bird sounds and everything, but we know that just being outside switches our body into that rest and digest mode that you're talking about. So you can have your meal and not feel the stomach cramping and, and poor digestion. It um, really helps. So when I can't go outside, so like on a rainy day, I'll yeah. at least sit. And so my chair at the table faces outside. Cause I notice it makes a huge difference on even how satisfied I am with my meal. Like I won't reach for more food afterwards. I won't reach for a sweet treat. I'll be fully satisfied with what's on my plate. If I'm able to sit outside or at least stare at nature when I have my meal. I love that. And there's a lot of mindfulness that goes into that too, because you're really focusing on it. So it's not like you just clear the plate and it's like, what happened? Where'd it go? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then another thing that I find is when I'm outside, you'll start to notice birds or squirrels or other animals around you or the sounds. And so you slow down your eating because Mm -hmm. you're, you're taking other things in, Um, but at least these other things that you're taking in are at a, at a slower wavelength. Um, that is at the same wavelength that you are vibrating at when you're eating your food versus if we sit in front of a computer screen or a television and the vibrations kind of scattered and the sound quality is going up and down, you may have people screaming or shouting at each other. And then you take that frequency in and it just, Mm -hmm. it just makes your, your belly bubble. Absolutely. And it, and it's just a total mismatch with these very, very stimulating screens. And then talk about social media and scrolling while we eat, like that's not the same mindset. That's not the same hormonal picture you want to be happening when you're eating food and trying to digest it. And yeah, it's, it's really too bad because I think that people feel the pressure to, to work while they eat. And, and it's so real. It's hard to tell yeah. a person you have to take those 30 minutes out to sit and just focus on your food, but it makes a world of difference. I, and I suffer from that too. And I know better, you know, I even have days where it's hard for me to eat slowly and mm-hmm. not be in a rush to get back to work. Yeah. Um, so, you know, even when you know better, it's still a challenge to do better. Um, and I yeah. share this so people kind mm-hmm. of can kind of give themselves a break. So even if you know these things, it's still a practice to incorporate it into your life on a daily basis. And you're not perfect 100% of the time. And you have to forgive yourself for that. Um, yeah. 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 And and when you do do it and you know that you don't feel as good, then you get to shift it the next time. Exactly. Exactly. It's all about a journey. There's no final destination. Um, and I, I talk about a lot with, with clients too, because, um, a lot of people have the information they need and it's just about preparing your brain to make the right choice. Um, Mm -hmm. and by that, I mean, when we're in that fight or flight, stressed out, go, 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 uh, mindset, the amygdala and is running the show. That's our lizard brain. That's our kind of knee jerk reaction. Get it done, get it done, get it done. Here's a highly rewarding thing. Here's a thing that I know will make me feel in this, in this moment, really good. Um, and that's running the show and we have to support our brain in having the frontal lobe run the show. That's the part that's responsible for more planning, future planning. What's going to feel good tomorrow. What's going to 
to be better for my health in the long run. And when your brain is just in that mode, that lizard brain mode, you can know better, but it's just so much harder to make that health supportive choice. So it, it's a matter of just like getting your foot in the door and making the tiny healthy choices that you can yeah. to get your brain in that frontal lobe uh, mode. It's almost like actually physically tapping on the yeah. front of your brain as a reminder yeah. to kind of get in that space. Yeah, exactly. And taking the time out to do it 100%. Do you have clients that come to you for guidance on intuitive eating? Is that something that you've had somebody ask you to teach? Yeah, definitely. I think um, it's such, it's such an important tool in the toolbox for really all clients, whether they're coming to me for that, or they don't recognize that they need to learn that. Um, I think it's really important thing to consider um, and, and again, like we talked about in this, this culture we have where we're eating in front of the TV, we're eating while we're working, we're eating while we're scrolling. Um, it just, it, it makes it so hard to stay in that connection to the body, to really know when we're satisfied, to really know what foods we're craving to, you know, to really feel complete and composed while we're sitting and enjoying our meal. Um, that is, is kind of like one of the first things I like to talk about with clients. Like, do you sit down and enjoy your food? So what foods are you craving right now? Cause we're kind of in this almost fall transition. You know, we're both here in Southern California. Our seasons are much more subtle, but we still have seasons. Yeah. Um, you know, what are you wanting and craving right now? Yeah, I think this is, we're, we're right about getting into that mode where I start craving. I'm an omnivore. I love red meat just from yeah. really great, great grass-fed sources. Um, so there's like a beef stew recipe that I absolutely, as soon as it starts to cool off in October, I'm like, it's stew time. Like, let's do it. Yeah. I'm really <laughs> into braised meats too. I yeah. love any opportunity to add bone broth into my Absolutely. life or into a meal, just so, you know, your colon gets more hydrated and your whole body gets more hydrated. So I feel you. Totally. totally. And I think a lot of people are afraid of the braising meats. And I think I think it partially comes from the way red meat has just been vilified over the years. And also people get a little intimidated by like, oh, this recipe is going to take forever and I might mess it up or whatever. But these bracing meats are really, they're really health supportive. They're really gut supportive. They're inexpensive cuts. Like, yes. And and instant pot is your best friend for these kinds of things. If you can get into the habit of pressure cooking some, some braising meats, that is, it's the most satiating health supportive meal you can possibly create. And it's all like hands off. It's I, I so satisfying and nourishing. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love it. It's actually so easy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, you know, so I'm a, I'm kind of like a culinary, or I would say more of a um, traditional culinary nerd. So I love to go to libraries and find the oldest cookbooks available. I love that. So I've been to the Santa Barbara Historical Society and the oldest cookbooks they had were from the um, about 1900, but they were all recipes from the late 1800s in the Santa Barbara area. And I loved reading about the foods that they cooked and they would say why. Um mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting. They had over 30 salad recipes in there, Mm. uh, but they also had bone broth recipes. Um, And I, I love that, you know, they talked about just all the different things they slow cooked um, Mm -hmm. and just 
all the foods that they made and they didn't have any waste. They used every part Mm -hmm. Um, with their Mm -hmm. bone broths. They never scraped the fat off. They would just cook the bone broth all day, let it cool at night. And then they skim the fat off in the morning when it cooled. And then Mm -hmm. they would use that as their cooking fat. Perfect. I love it. Yeah. And and I love that you mentioned what they they say the recipe and then what they get from it. Because that's something I'm always helping clients to understand is when you're sitting down to a meal, think about what you're getting, not what you're avoiding. We have this culture of like, oh, we have to avoid this nutrient and avoid that nutrient and don't eat this and don't eat that. And it's like, no, sit down and really like internalize. I'm getting great protein from this. I'm getting great healthy fat for my brain from this meal. Like it's, it's such a completely different mindset. So I've been really craving beets recently. And so I can't help but when I sit down, whether I'm eating the red beets or the golden beets, like how, what an incredible blood builder this is for me, because Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all over the place when you're eating them, you know, they're, they're so red and colorful and they're basically (laughs) kind of bleeding. So I always get excited when I eat beets because I know I'm doing something great for my blood and for my heart and for all my female hormones and, um, that it's also something that grows underground. So I'm getting grounded, which I always need because I'm in a kitchen surrounded by so much technology and so much heat, um, Mm -hmm. that I always need things to ground me and I don't always have the time to get outside or get in nature. And so Mm -hmm. I often reach for foods that can help me feel that way. I love it. Do you peel them or do you leave that skin on and leave some of those microbes on there? I've tried, but I really like them peeled. I like the texture better. How about you? Uh, I like to just scrub them with carrots and all kinds of root vegetables. I like to get a little bit of dirt in my cooking. (laughs) Well, I don't peel them when I cook them. So I just give them a light wash and cook them. And then I do prefer peeling them afterwards. Um, If I'm doing, if I'm adding the beets in a slow cooked dish, so short ribs, a Sunday roast, I just slice them up and throw them in. That's when I don't peel them. Awesome. So it it all depends on the experience that I want to have with them. Absolutely. I love it. Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond real salt, prepare the blends listening to kundalini mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high-vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on starseedkitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. I love that you're talking about variety because it is so important making things in different ways and making sure, you know, do you ever go to the grocery store and you just see something or the farmer's market and you're like, Oh, I haven't had that in a, in a minute. I should eat that. Or I should eat that color. Even making sure you're getting all those different phytochemicals. Um, The hardest thing for me as a personal chef is because I'm cooking so much food for so many people that mm -hmm. because I've blanched so much chard 
or mm-hmm. prepared all these vegetables for different people throughout the week. I think mentally I've had it when I actually had <laughs> it for a month or two. It's really weird. Yeah. yeah. It's a, because our digestion starts, as you know, as we're cooking mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's a really weird game with the body when you're physically holding the food, preparing all the food, but then not consuming it. A part mm-hmm. of you thinks you have. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I'm someone that actually is not a big taste tester. You know, I don't want to be putting stuff in my body throughout the day and ruining that- my digestion. I'm very mm-hmm. mindful Um, when I taste test and I'm only doing so like right before I know I'm going to be sitting down and having a meal. Um, That's so smart. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, I have to put my health and my digestion first. And if I'm sampling all day long, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a mess. Um, So I often think about that with moms or dads, any new parent or parent Mm -hmm. of young kids that's preparing food and the challenge they may have of constantly preparing these meals for their children and wanting to nibble off that and then needing to prepare something for themselves. Do you, I, yeah, do you ever have clients that are having challenges with preparing food for their children and then food for themselves? Absolutely. It's, it's preparing food for children. It's also just, um, just kind of snacking all day and being around food all day. I think a lot of people don't really understand how many processes they're initiating by having that bite of food. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm just giggling because my, my fiance will have a pre-dinner snack because he comes home from work and he's starving and he offers me, you know, just like some cashews or something, something healthy, but he offers me one and I'll say, no, I'm, I'm, I don't want that because I'm not hungry and it'll ruin my, my appetite. And he's like, it's one nut. I'm like, no, the migrating motor complex starts with one bite of food. It's like the process of your, the clean sweep of the digestion doesn't work if you have that, that food going through it. So I'm like, such, I'm such a nerd about it. And he's like, oh yeah, I forgot about your migrating motor complex. I'm like, well, it's real. It's real. The body's meant to eat a large satiating meal and then wait four or five hours and eat again. It's not designed to eat every two hours. Thank you for sharing that. Cause that's <laughs> something like intuitively I follow, but I never really fully knew the reason behind it. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's the housekeeping program, migrating motor complex. I'm obsessed with it. (laughs) No, that's great. There are times where I get home from work and I'm starting to prepare dinner and I know I, I don't have the energy to make it through preparing my dinner without having a bite. So that's Mm -hmm. when I usually reach for carrots and I'll have a carrot Mm -hmm. or two, um, as I'm preparing my meal knowing that I'm going to be eating within the next 20 minutes. So I kind of, I kind of just tell myself, it's just like I'm at a restaurant. It's like someone's giving me a, a house salad as my starter and then sure. the rest of my yeah. meal is going to come. Yeah. Um, but that's usually the only thing I, I go for because I'm thinking about, and I'm sure you do this, how all my food is going to mix in my body and properly mm-hmm. digest. And so I'm not someone that's going to reach for nuts and then know that I'm going to have some braised beef because Mm -hmm. I know the two are not going to work well in my digestive system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And knowing that is, is all makes all the difference too. knowing what works for you and knowing what your body can handle together. It's yeah. Yeah. Not to say that, that you can't mix nuts and proteins because there's lots of traditional cultures that do that with traditional dishes and it works Mm -hmm. just fine. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm just a little, I feel like these days, my digestive system's a little more uh, sensitive. So I try yeah. to, I try to keep some things separate. Totally. And and nuts can be hard to digest in general. I think that if they're, they're tricky, they're a very healthy food, but 
it's not always the easiest to um to chow down on, on especially whole nuts. Yeah. Did you guys grow any nuts on your farm as a kid? Walnuts. Okay. Grow walnuts. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the difference in flavor or taste? from the walnuts that you guys had on your farm to what you get at the grocery store now? Um, that's a good question. I wish I had a better answer for that. Yeah. I would say that I only eat my family's walnuts these days. You do. For holidays and we just come back with bags and bags of family walnuts. So, that's I mean, so I lucky. love, I love them. I put them on Greek yogurt. That's they're my favorite. Just if I am going to have a little, a little handful of them, like I think they're delicious. Um, but yeah, I wish I could say like, there's such a huge difference that it, it's, um, they're walnuts. They're delicious. I don't know. <laughs> now, do you have to crack all the walnuts or does your family take care of cracking them all? And you just get a nice bag of fresh walnuts. Oh yeah. It's, um, the, the, it's machines that do all the, the harvesting and the cracking and everything. And by the time we get them, my family, it's just, you know, my, well, my, my parents do a lot of the cracking actually, but, um, okay. by the time they get to me, it's just like a nice ready to go. But I'm very spoiled. <laughs> Lucky you. Are they, are they black walnuts or English walnuts? Um, it's English. Okay. So not as bitter. Like that's nice. Yeah. And, uh, do you store them in your pantry or do you store them in the fridge or freezer? Freezer, freezer for long-term. If I'm going through them pretty quickly, I'll just put them in my pantry. Got it. I have, everyone has a preference. So mm -hmm. some of my clients like them in the pantry. Some like them in the fridge. I know some people that like them in the freezer. So I'm always curious and you're much more of an expert than most people I've talked to considering <laughs> you guys have grown walnuts. So that's good to know. <laughs> Um, well, what are some questions clients have been asking you recently about good foods versus bad foods? Do you often have anyone asking, you know, is dairy good for me or is it bad? Mm -hmm. You know, can I eat gluten or not? What, yeah, have definitely. You, what have you been navigating recently? Those, well, those are kind of the big two, I think. Um, and the story is it's similar, but, but different for, for both of those. Um, my personal take on gluten is it's, it's not a poison for everyone, right? I think that it gets a really bad rap. Um, I do believe it's a food that we should be eating in moderation. I don't believe gluten should be a staple of our diet. And this is just because in all people, it's at least a little bit inflammatory. It has at least a little bit of an effect on the gut causing leaky gut. Um, and that's because of the production of zonulin, which is the protein that pulls apart the cells of the gut lining. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's pretty well studied at this point. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean you can't ever have it. I love a good croissant on the weekends or eating pizza every once in a while. It's just kind of like, that's a treat. It's not like I'm eating sandwiches for three meals a day. That's yeah. kind of my take. And then beyond that, gluten sensitivity is a very real thing. Celiac disease is a, a very real thing. No one denies that that's, um, a true allergy. Um, so little bit different for everyone. I think for all people, it should be at most kind of a treat, not a staple. Yeah. Um, for dairy, the picture is a little bit different because this one really, really depends on who you are. Um, mammals, we're all born with the ability to digest dairy. We're mammals, you know, it's just a matter of how long do we keep those enzymes? And some people keep them for their whole life. And some people about 70% of the population, actually, they don't really keep those enzymes into adulthood. So if you're a person where you start to notice that, oh, I ate dairy and I'm not really feeling so good after, or maybe you've never excluded dairy from your diet, you just have no idea what feeling good feels like, yeah. you know, it's worth the experiment. 
Um, and then of course there's different forms of dairy. So butter and ghee have almost no lactose in them. That's ghee is pure fat. You know, that should be totally fine for a lot of people who maybe could not have like a really soft mozzarella that has lots of lactose in it. Um, so it's a lot of, it's a lot of experimentation and just kind of seeing, um, what works for you by Bio bioindividuality is a real thing. How often, or how do you talk to people about the quality of the dairy? Yeah. Um, that's, that's challenging here in the U S you know, it is challenging and, and it is something that you have to be really careful because people are coming from different backgrounds and people have different access to, to foods. Um, so I always like to say that grass-fed, pasture-raised is the goal. Yeah. Um, beyond that, organic is always great too, but I actually think that pasture-raised is more important um, because what that means is that the cow is eating its natural diet. It's not being fed corn, which is completely not something cows should be eating. I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm so weird. I always worry about like, so I've been at a restaurant and I've even been told my halibut has been corn fed and like said that at the restaurant and they're, they're offering that and telling me that as like a selling point. Oh, oh. the halibut we have, or it's amazing halibut. It's individually corn fed. And I oh think my God. that poor little halibut or that poor little chicken yeah. or cow that's yeah. not having to digest corn, which is extremely right. hard on the digestive system. Right. Like I, I wonder how they're even doing like, God bless them. It must be so uncomfortable for their little bodies. I know. I know that does not, it doesn't sound right. Um, one, one of my favorites is when restaurants will say like, Oh, our beef is grass fed corn finished. Well, that's all beef. All beef is start starts grass fed. It's those last three months where they fatten it up with the corn. That's where the problems start. Um, if you ever hear that grass fed corn finished, it just it don't, you know, it's meaningless. It's completely meaningless. Yeah. Just like, you know, uh, I often spend time in butcher shops because I like to pick up the best quality proteins for my clients. And I can usually yeah. source that best by going to individual butcher shops. And I'll often be standing next to somebody who um, will engage in a conversation with me. And a lot of people like to show how much information they, they know mm -hmm. about how to choose meat. And mm -hmm. so they'll start talking all about the grass fed beef that they're choosing. Mm -hmm. um, and at no point realizing that every cow is grass fed at some point in right. the because that's what a cow eats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's trying to uh, order and, and source um, beef that has been a hundred percent grass finished. Yeah. Um, exactly. And so it's always interesting overhearing conversations like that um, because yes, all, you know, anyone that's looking to purchase ground beef, steaks, any sort of cuts of beef, um, you'll see the grass fed label everywhere now, because at some point every cow was given grass, usually for the first six weeks of their life. Um, the goal is to find a hundred percent grass fed or labeled grass finish because like you mentioned, it's those last three months where they're mm -hmm. turned to corn or soy or something to fatten them up. And that's when you really want to make sure that they've stayed on a, on a grass diet. So you get the benefits. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think we need to be wrapping up our call sadly. Um, but you're a wealth of information. So I was I wanted you to share um, with our listeners where they can learn more about you and Pretty Healthy Foods. Yeah, sure. Um, my website, prettyhealthyfoods.com. Uh, I post a lot of blog posts there with recipes and nutrition tips. 
and you can sign up for the newsletter. I send it twice weekly with, um, again, nutrition tips and healthy recipes. And I'm pretty conversational on my newsletter. So you can respond and ask me questions. And I love learning about what people want to learn about because that really helps me understand, you know, where I can make an impact, where I can help people. So don't be a stranger. Um, I do have Instagram. It's at pretty healthy foods. Um, not using the Instagram so much these days, um, but it's, it is a platform where you can at least send me a message and I will get back to you. Perfect. And then if you have to leave our listeners with one healthy tip that they can consider adding into their life to improve their well-being, what would that be? One. <laughs> wow. There's so many. Um, you know, I would say the, the smartest thing you can do if you want to become a healthier person is to surround yourself with other people who are doing the things and valuing the habits that make them healthy. Um, so just, just by doing that, and it can be real life or it can be through, you know, media, through podcasts, through books. I'm a big fan of books on tape. Um, you get those messages going into your ears at all times. Yeah. It's just going to become that much more automatic to adopt these healthy habits, to make the healthier choices, to get your brain in that frontal lobe um, you know, mode. And so it's, it's, it's just going to pay in dividends. Um, so yeah, surround yourself with healthy people. That's a great tip. I really like that one. Um, and your newsletter is fantastic. So I highly suggest anyone listening, if you just want, um, a little wellness tip every week or inspiration, really subscribe to your newsletter pretty healthy foods. It's fantastic. I enjoy it very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. You're a great writer and you provide great insight that I think anyone can benefit from. So the fact that you and I went to the same culinary school and I'm, you know, subscribing to your website and I'm gaining insider information or a nice reminder, um, Mm -hmm. I think says a lot that it can really, you know, guide, guide people and help bring in new information if that's what they're looking for. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you. It's so yeah. good to know when people are reading, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the goal. so much for your time today. We have to wrap up our call, but this has been fantastic. Thank you so much. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.